That yeah. little camouflage yeah. on his face I'm was so the biggest. I'm so holding back on <laughs> dropping the F-bomb, y'all. It makes me so mad. <laughs> uh, this character is so stupid and unbelievable. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Jacob, go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. Nothing good is safe while Snow's alive. And I can't make another speech about it. Snow has to pay for what he's done. One way or another, this war is going to come to an end. There's only one thing you could do now to add more fire to this rebellion. We all have one enemy. He corrupts everyone and everything. He turns the best of us against each other. to the capital thank you sir <laughs> here is the uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay part 2 in a nutshell as the war escalates to the destruction of other districts by the capital Katniss Everdeen the reluctant leader of the rebellion must bring together an army against President Snow while all she holds dear hangs in the balance the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 is uh, starring, of course, every cast member from all the other Hunger Games movies. Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I know her from The Fappening. Uh, Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> yes. The great Josh Hutcherson. Way to, to throw that out there like 30 seconds into the podcast. Good job. Jacob, do you know what The Fappening is? No. <laughs> that means he's been looking at nudie and other <laughs> things the, happening with Jennifer Lawrence. Whole, like, yeah, I know about uh, that. The, the nude leaks and sure. all that. Um, they, they he didn't it, know. The, the internet meme for it, the name for it was the fappening. Like instead of the happening, yeah. the fappening. I get it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Did the, the hand happening? motion help? Did the hand motion help you understand what was happening there? <laughs> <laughs> um, Liam Hemsworth, uh, Chris's uh, younger, less talented, less good-looking less, uh, brother. Less known. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Wasted Woody Harrelson. Wo- Woody, some of these. Woody from Cheers. Yeah. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's yep. dad. Dead Philip. Uh, CGI <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julianne Moore. Ro- like Roller Girls the most boring from- Julianne Moore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, and no one else. Oh, we care. oh now Elizabeth Banks. Uh, is yeah, still looking annoying. Um, hey, Marjorie from Game of Thrones is in it. Marjorie from Game yep. of Thrones. Also, yes. Brian of Tarth is A in very it. Very un- underused. Jenna Malone. Uh, Stanley Tucci. Yep. Yo, yeah, he's barely in it. What was the point of that? Yep. <laughs> Hot, hottie Natalie Dormer. <laughs> she is hotter in that. And mute Eldon from uh, what's his name from uh, the Mighty Ducks movies. Oh, good call. Yeah. Wow. I didn't actually realize that was him. Yep. Nice. I haven't seen Mighty Ducks in too long. Uh, <laughs> the most excited Jacob's been so far is talking about the Mighty Ducks. You can tell how he feels about this movie. Uh, we're going to jump into <laughs> our reviews, our, our quick synopsis real quick 
of the epic final act of the Hunger Games. Jacob, your overall thoughts. Well, since we never really talked about the other Hunger Games movies on here yet, I mean, in depth anyway, uh, did you all like them? Are you fans? Well, did you read the books? I like them more than the Twilight series. You know, because they were... I compare them, I think a lot of people compare them. There's a lot of like fan battles between like the fans of Twilight and the fans of Hunger Are Games. Are there? I, think I thought it's that just was the, a Hunger Games Harry Potter thing. Uh, no, not really. Okay. I think, I think it's, it's all just those uh, teenage adult it's novels. It's the teenage right? adult novels, yeah. Um, it's far and uh, away better than Twilight. Oh, it's, it's much, much better. It like, goes like Which Twilight. is unfortunate because it's like the leader of all of these. Uh, you know, post-apocalyptic movies that are out right now. True. Yeah, there's a lot. Insurgent and or didn't the same chick write all of them though? No. Well, I think it's the Twilight like, author who wrote another series did, of books. Didn't I really she don't write know. Divergent? It's possible. I I actually thought about that before doing this podcast. I guess I should have looked it I up. I don't think so, Rachel. I think that I think ultimately we don't care enough to look it <laughs> there up. There you go. <laughs> this is not important information. <laughs> Twilight sucks. Uh, but Hunger apparently, Games they sell, is better. They sell no, it tickets was, it or whatever. Was, um, Divergent also sucks, by the way. Yeah, it does. Uh, Divergent started as Twilight fan fiction. Uh-huh. It was a, a big fan of Twilight wrote the Divergent series or something like that. I get. I, I think that's what it is. Um, one of our many fans will tell us in the comment section. <laughs> um, but my feelings on the Hunger Games are they? Well, I'll say this: we're our top five list is going to be uh, overrated movies because I feel like uh, I think maybe we all feel like they're a little overrated but I do think they're actually quality movies I think they've been hit or miss for the most part but they're much 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 better than the Twilight series agreed for the record Susan Collins hasn't written that's the writer of the Hunger Games she hasn't written any of the other movies that we were talking about so it must be another author Probably probably the Twilight books uh, my overall feelings of the Hunger Games, they're, I thought they were okay. Yeah. I don't love them. I've seen, I mean, I saw the first one and I was like, eh, that was all right. I don't really understand the hype, but whatever. It was an okay movie. And I saw the second one and thought the same one. And then I saw the third one and was like, eh, that was the worst of the three. Yeah, the third one was, the one before this one was meaningless. Nothing happened no. at all. I thought the first one was decent. I thought the second one was decent. Uh, I enjoy them just fine. I'd agree with that. My biggest issue really is that they're huge ripoffs of Battle Royale, a much superior yeah. Japanese movie. The first two movies are for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like the basic concept. Yeah, yeah. Battle um, Royale. Of it. Is and that's what upset me rad. so much. And so once I got over, well, I didn't ever really get over that, but once I forgive it for that, I can appreciate it for being just a decent, fine movie on its own. Yeah, I mean, I, I read the first two books. Um, I actually didn't read the third book. I actually have a habit of doing that. Like, I read the first six Harry Potter books, and I didn't read the seventh book. Really? Yeah, isn't that strange? That is weird. Um, I've been given a lot of flack over that uh, over the years. But, um, you know, when comparing the books to the movies, they seem to follow it pretty well from what I understand. These two, you know, these two movies, I guess, Mockingjay 1 and Part 1 and 2, they follow the book pretty decently from what I understand. That's what I was told as I well. I can respect that, but that just kind of goes to show you that they're not that good of books. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, clearly there's a fan following for them, but it's going to be that teenage kind of, you know, I mean, do you see the sales on it? It's over 100 million sales yeah. opening weekend. Oh, it's I mean, huge. there's a reason why they're making these movies because they sell to somebody and I guess I bought it and, and watched them all as well. I mean, when they broke up the the, the, the last Harry Potter book into two movies, I kind of liked that first part. You kind of went into depth with the characters. And they kind of did that with the first Mockingjay as well. But I 
don't it, it's so frustrating as a viewer as uh, someone who likes like film it's so cheap because i bought into both of it it's like them breaking up the hobbit hobbit into three books it didn't need to be done it's a money grab it's All a money it grab a money and, it's, grab. and that part's really frustrating and that's the part where i feel like a sellout in itself but if we're just reviewing a movie here you know i can get back to that and so how is this movie i was so ready for it to be over um <laughs> About uh, you know twenty five minutes. It did. Into it. it felt really long. I think one of the main things it did. I mean, it just dragged so much. We could. It took for forty five minutes for us to have our first action sequence. I believe. Um, I mean, when you really think of it as a whole, the whole movie, second or part two, felt uninspired by the acting. It seemed like everyone else wanted the movie to be over. Uh, they were just waiting to get rid of this or just be done with this boring dialogue, no action sequence. You know, they're just trying to hold on to the Hunger Game aspect of it. And there was hardly any action in there it. There really I mean, wasn't. It was anticlimactic at the very end of it with, with what happened with uh, uh, President Snow. And right. then, of course, we have, uh, uh, hey, as always, we spoil here. And then we have, you know, then the, all the focus goes on to Julianne Moore's characters. Uh, now she's going to be the new President Snow. And they handle that in a matter of 10 minutes in the entire movie. Right. And if it follows the book really well, then that's poor writing. I mean, no, it's just I, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, it was a technically well done. I guess it was okay. I mean, of course, we don't with a lot of CGI. Yeah. A lot of, um, you know, they were some practical effects, which I can appreciate. And they did a, a decent job with that. But I just didn't. I thought the first two movies were the were the better movies, even though, they, yeah, they were, you're right. The ripoffs of uh, Battle Royale. Um, but really. That evolved around boring characters, and don't even get me started on like the whole love triangle part of it. Yeah, uh, because I've so had my dumb. issues with that since the very first movie. I, I hate that just because it's it's like the thing. All these teenage uh, book series turned into movies. They're all. It's uh, this sounds terrible, and it sounds very stereotypical of me, but it may be a little condescending. But it seems like every movie and book aimed towards females they're involved with a love triangle where two super hot dudes one sensitive and sweet one kind of rugged and good looking and badass are in love with the same girl i mean like it i mean romantic comedies all these preteen books here that always i mean from twilight to hunger games to sweet home alabama to pick random romantic comedy movies it seems like there's these two dudes in love with some chick uh and it's just so played out and unnecessary i felt in this um, I think that you can do the story without that. But that said, my feelings on it, I felt like this was a little anticlimactic. Um, really, to me, the, the coolest sequence in the entire series is really probably the first time you see the kids fighting the kids. I mean, to me, that's the, the coolest concept of the whole thing, which was a ripoff of Battle Royale. But, you know, that's kind of what it all revolves around. And then taking down the rebellion and things like that, I just... Eh. Well, I mean, it really falls around, you know, low government, no government. Right. So well, yeah. That's the big, big picture. But and but that's where a lot of people were really disappointed with the first movie was that they kept talking about these kids fighting each other, but then they made it PG-13. Right, exactly. And uh, they tried <laughs> to make it a little bit more apparent in part two. Yeah. Or in, in the second, what is it, the second movie? Um, what are the second Hunger Games movies called? <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, Catching Fire. Catching Fire. Yes. Where fine, we see it a little bit more. It's a little bit more violence, but okay. But I always you know, thought it was absurd a of the that. First movie. Yeah, I always thought it was absurd that everybody was like, "Go Katniss!" in the first one. I'm like, so you want all these other kids to die? Like it was weird how socially acceptable they made kids killing kids. Yes. 
like the commercial success of this, like soccer moms were rooting for kids to kill other kids. And I always thought that was just really weird, a I, weird thing. I agree completely. And I think it's a the biggest flaw in the entire thing is like the whole fact that these kids are killing kids is glossed over. I, I guarantee you if I present a battle royale to all these soccer moms and preteens <laughs> and say, hey, watch this. They'd be like, this is disgusting. This yeah. is horrible. This is awful. Like take this off, and the I shelves. have to read subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> but like take this off shelves. This is this is disgusting. Like we're we're gonna like protest this because it's actually showing right what they're what the doing. Hunger Games but is. the Hunger Games is the exact same thing. They're right. just not showing it. I mean, they're just like glossing over the fact, which actually to me makes it not a very interesting story. Right? No, I agree. <laughs> Battle Royale was a lot more interesting because I think the book was kind of bloody. Uh, That's what I've heard. I've heard so, that the book. I mean, so I respect. I respect that about some of that stuff. I think that I would like the books more than the movie for that. But reason. I get why they made it PG thirteen. But yeah, it kind of takes away. Yeah. It takes a, away from I think the point of of what they were making. But well, and I yeah. agree with with Jacob. I mean, the it was the no government thing is really the 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 biggest. Well, obviously, you know, plot, yeah. the point, plot point. But for me, the biggest hook, I guess, I meant for me was the kids battling the kids. I mean, like, right? I'm like, cool. We're going to get to see some some action. But um, okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman is always enjoyable. Yeah, I'll explain this to me because I mean, clearly he was only CGI. I could only tell he was CGI in one scene at the end. Yeah. Gosh, they got a lot of him in there. I so, think man, um, they really filmed. I think the. All that stuff in the beginning was him. They had that filmed before. I guess so. The, I think they filmed them back to back, right? I really don't know. Yeah. But I, I know that that first part was obviously him. When there's there's a scene that's, I think, maybe midway to further near the end where he's just standing there. And it's just his profile. To me, I could tell that was CGI. And then, of course, the end where he's... Sitting in, in a chair looking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. CGI as well. So... Hold on, since we just completely didn't get my opinion on the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I had so many points about what Jacob was saying, and then I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to forget that. Oh, crap, I'm going to forget that. And I forgot almost all of it. But um, for, like, I haven't I haven't refreshed myself on any of these movies since. I, I saw the last one probably on opening weekend when it came out. So I was really confused for like the first 30 minutes of this movie because I didn't remember anything about them taking PETA and apparently brainwashing him. I didn't remember any of that. Uh, it took me a second I, to actually. I didn't know. I didn't remember all the things they were talking about. I didn't remember exactly. Like what I remember of the previous movie is like, oh, okay, so Philip Seymour Hoffman's the game maker. That's cool. And right. and now Katniss, like, she has all these followers and they're going to lead this rebellion. That's all I remember from that movie. So all of this other stuff that was happening, I was really confused for, like, the first 30 minutes until they kind of moved past that stuff. And they're like, okay, we're going to go let's storm the castle thing. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to watch it, I guess, get a refresher first. Get a I little thought recap. the same thing. The exact same thing. Um, it was like, dang, I should have watched this movie because I guess it's been a year. Yeah. They spent way too much time on that PETA crap. Like, I don't care about Peter's feeling like that. Who's so whiny and that dragged so, so much to me. I'm like, I don't care about any of this Peter crap. It's super boring. I don't want to hear him talk about his feelings. Peter's the worst character in that whole stupid movie. <laughs> well, I, I can't stand Peter. But do you I think cannot stand that character. Do you think it's the character or the actor? Because no, the actor I does come both. off as really whiny and really... I've never really liked Peter. I've always thought he was the biggest bitch. I mean, like, he can't do anything right. He always yeah. needs help. He never yeah. is allowed to go in and help out. It's like, no, you stay back. We don't want you to get hurt. Like, it just yeah. gets old. It happens in every single movie. The guy can't do anything. His character, that's what makes their whole love so unconvincing. 
the entire series yeah. uh, because of how I just don't see what she sees in this guy. And then when she dismisses Gail at the end of the movie, it's boom. It's like that. It's like in a him walking in the yep. room, and I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. I didn't know if that was my part in that. And it's like goodbye, Gail. And it's like what? What did and he then do? She goes back that to was Pita, so bad. And he's sitting there like planting flowers that just it's perfect he's a baker you know the bakery maker like you know oh he, he's an artist so he can so he can do like um camouflage on his face like that yeah. camouflage yeah. on his face I'm was so the biggest holding back on dropping the f-bomb y'all it makes me so mad uh this character is so stupid and unbelievable yep peter sucked and then we had to listen to his stupid feelings for like 45 minutes of this movie and i didn't care about it at all about 45 minutes of every movie that too yeah but this time it was like oh guys i messed everything up you should it was just like oh leave me behind i'm so terrible well and there's a parts in the storyline too like Uh, why would they send him out there like because it's good for the video footage i guess it's such bs it is so dumb (laughs) it's it's poor writing and just to add add that tension well that's just stupid if you're trying to take over capital you know you want katniss to lead the way here and and you've got the distraction with Peter where he might kill her by right. with his own hands. Right. And it's just, I don't buy into that. It's not common sense to me. And that's, no. And that's a big problem that this movie has. Yep. I agree um, with that. Finnick? Are you with us? Looks like it. That's a short honeymoon. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to have to have one in the capital after we take it. Gather around. Squad 451. You're my unit. Lieutenant Jackson is my second in command. Each one of you is elite in some form of combat. But we are a non-combat unit. So we'll be following days behind the frontline troops. You're to be the on-screen faces of the invasion. The Star Squad. It's been decided that you're most effective when seen by the masses. So we're not going to fight. You do whatever you're ordered to do, soldier. It's not your job to ask questions. Yes, sir. Even though we'll be working on abandoned streets miles behind the front lines, I guarantee you, wherever they put us, it will not be safe. This is a war zone. It is likely that we'll encounter both active pods and peacekeepers. You're considered high-value targets to the capital. Our unit has been given a hollow, a database that contains a detailed map of the capital and a list of every known pod. These pods can trigger anything from bombs to traps to mutts. Whatever they contain, they are meant to kill you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 76 Hunger Games. My other issue, big issue, is like they made this big deal like, oh, all the game makers are going to put it. It's, this is basically the next Hunger Games. But who was their opposition, really? They had those, those one the things, just like the booby trap things laying around. That was it. You didn't build a game. You didn't like, there wasn't these, like in all the other ones, there was a bunch of fences that they put up. Like there was a lot of obstacles they had to face. This is basically, they set booby traps. And then that wasn't even really a big deal because they had the little thing to read where they were. Right. Well, yeah. So like they made. Not to mention, that's the only one that they built. They didn't have several crews going from different angles into the capital with multiple booby trap finders. Because I was like, (laughs) because I was like, oh, that's. I was like, finally, something's going to happen. They set all of these traps for them and then nothing happened, really. That one, they hit one trap. Yeah. And they give it to not like military soldiers. They give it to these 
kids. Yeah, you know, what happened to the all the other kids that went in? What happened to the rest of the rebellion that went in with them? It just followed, like, this is the one group. We're putting you in all in one we're group because we're going to film line, you. But you're the only eights that's, that are going to go in. Gonna go in. Right. It's so dumb. That was really frustrating. Oh. And then it was completely predictable. I knew exactly what was going to happen at the end of the movie about 15 minutes into the movie. Which part? That she was a bad guy and she was going to take over and Katniss was going to kill her. Okay. That was really obvious to me from the way she was like, oh, no, we're going to have you be the face. I was like, oh, well, she's a bad guy. Um, That was super obvious to me from the beginning. And then as soon as they released the bombs on the kids, like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, that was... That was evil chick. I agree that with wasn't that. that like it was right. obviously not snow. snow. It didn't make any sense for it to be snow. Right. So that anyone would believe that it was snow is really stupid to me because there's that would not help him in any kind of way. Why would he do that? So there was just so many illogical things about it. It was just it's pretty annoying and it was really long. Yeah, I I completely agree. Like, you ever watch a military movie where where you have like we'll just say uh, Zero Dark Thirty where it's a military effort. Everyone has their guns up. They have the same movement. They work as a team. They go in. They infiltrate it. And this was the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, just, again, things that don't make sense, and it's throughout. I, this was such a bad movie. It was not a good movie. I, I mean, I, we can just sit there and talk about Josh Hutcherson. Or, I mean, we can talk. Let's talk about Jennifer Lawrence real quick, because I know we all saw Winter's Bone, which was a big reason why she was casted for this. Oh, right. yeah, she, yeah, she was great. Um, in Winter's because Bone. she was great in Winter's Bone. And I think she's a good cast for Katniss. I think inevitably they just ran this movie, these movies into the they ground. They did. I, yeah. I didn't even find her interesting in this movie. Not at all. And I yeah. really like her a lot. I mean, like, I understand that her character doesn't show a lot of emotion, but that doesn't make it makes it good for for screen presence for right. four movies. Right. For Winner's Bone, fine. Yeah. Because there still was a lot of tension that was built right. up here. Now we've got four movies where we had to put up with this not with this kind of boring character in a way. She's kind yeah. of stuck boring. in a, a love triangle with one guy who I'll never believe that he could, she, he could pull, and another <laughs> guy who's kind of a stone face. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it, but Jennifer Lawrence, I think we all will agree that she's a good upcoming actress. She's got a lot of, uh, especially when she's in a lot of the David O. Russell movies. Yeah, she's great. She has a lot of great, you know, theatrical moments. But God, thank God this movie is over. This series is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do think that, uh, I, I think Jennifer Lawrence, I don't think there's any faults in her acting. I just think it was the way the character is written. Sure. And you're right. Like Often after the case. Yeah. Like, and after four movies, it is I, I was fine with the first two. I actually, I thought the first one was was okay, decent. I thought the second one was actually pretty good. The second one was a better version of the first one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then these last two just sucked. Right. Especially, I and as dumb as this one was, the previous one they was dumber. They were boring. Yeah, they're boring. There was nothing to happen, but especially the previous one, because literally nothing happened until the very, very end. Um, it felt like a big, long commercial for part four. Nothing happened until yeah. the very end, which is when PETA like, was revealed as being brainwashed or whatever. Um, but, yeah, these movies, I mean, they're, 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 <laughs> these <laughs> yep, last couple exactly. just I, you know, I mentioned it earlier about Jenna Malone. Uh, I thought she was a really wasted character because she was so interesting with her sarcasm and her anger that's all built up there at the beginning of the movie. I thought she was one of the kind of more fun ones. It's like, yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of that. Now, if, I agree. Now, if she wasn't in the in the books and she wasn't part of the group that that went in there, that's that's kind of a lost 
opportunity. Um, you know what else was lost opportunity? Woody Harrelson and Elizabeth Banks. Woody to Harrelson, me, uh, totally. To, me, yeah. to me, those were the two most interesting characters in the entire movie, mm-hmm. um, and both of them were hardly in this one, really. Yeah. I mean, I understand like where the story, excuse me, where the storyline went. Their characters weren't very necessary anymore. Sure. Um, but to me, they're, they're the whenever they came on screen, I was like, oh, okay, I'm into this okay, movie good. again. Okay, we're back in it. Yeah. yeah, and they just weren't in this one very much. What y'all think of the underground sequence with the Boring. with the mutts or whatever you want to call it? <laughs> Is that what they're called, mutts? Yeah, that's what they um, call them. I thought it was okay. I thought it was kind of sad how like we just lost so many characters like that. But at the same time, I guess it was a good like going out for at the least uh, there was some O'Dare action. Yeah. It was that, some action wrapped some around action. a long uh, monologue about Peter's feelings. Yeah, of course. I just still have a hard time <laughs> with with both Peter and uh, Jennifer Lawrence about uh, Katniss killing those mutts. Yeah, but that's just fine. Whatever. I'm, I'll buy into it. I'll I'll suspend disbelief. Wait, have but these mutts showed up before, time, or was it just like oh my gosh, mutts? About them ever. Maybe it's a book. Is it a book thing that like not until the, fill not in the, until the third book? Okay. And if they are brought up, like in maybe torturing sequences, it's like it, it has to be glossed over. I don't know. Quickly. I mean, they talked about it like we should know what it was, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I'd remember these dudes because this looks like a horror movie. Well, the sec the first two books, I don't recall them talking about those things at all. So if they were talked about in the third book, I wouldn't know. Um, uh, and it maybe was, they it, did, it but I mean, but as but, somebody who hasn't read the book, she shouldn't just assume that I know what that is. And yeah. watching it, I was like, did I forget that these things exist? Because they all talked about them like they all knew exactly what they were. Well, and in a way, too, it's like, does it does it work with the storyline? We have a post-apocalyptic movie dealing with human beings. Does it doesn't really a make any sense. Yeah. Horror movie? Like, did was there some kind of scientific experiments done? We created a... a whole league of these creatures i did think that was weird because it, it really it did sure look like a random. horror movie like they were mutants yeah. or some sort of i don't know if they were like a breed because they're mutts i don't know if they're a breed of mutants and humans right it's not like know. they're created like the baboons were in the hunger games right so they didn't really discuss that it's like these mutts in the basement i don't know i just yeah, i, I mean know. if they were doing I, some was, sort of experiment it was fun, but it doesn't make sense right right, right right yeah it's like it's a fun thing to throw in but it makes no sense yeah I think we're all on the same page here. I don't really have much else to say because I have so many other good movies to talk about that I watched this last week. Yeah, I have some better movies to watch uh, to talk about as well. Right. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to see The Hunger Games. That's just the way it is, and that's why I've seen them because as a pulp culture guy, you're going to have yeah, to see them. Sure. Um, they're so big, um, and I get the appeal. Uh, I do think Katniss is a pretty boring hero, and that probably that's probably my biggest thing with the entire series is your hero needs to be really interesting. And I think if she would have been more interesting, I think Jennifer Lawrence is definitely game. She could have pulled it off. But if you make a more interesting hero, then I'll follow you even through dumb storylines. I'll follow you through bad writing. I'll follow you through a lot of bad things if you give me a really cool, interesting hero. Like flappening? <laughs> Fappening. Yeah. Fappening? Uh, yeah, yeah. I followed, Talking about I, pulling it off. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I follow her throughout that series. Uh, <laughs> much more interesting. Yeah, much much more interesting in Harrow. Um, so there you go. That is Pulp Fiction on The Hunger Games. Uh, go watch The Fappening. Uh, now- <laughs> wow. It's someone's daughter, Brandon. <laughs> uh, now we're going to get to the section where we talk about what we watched this week. Um Rachel, I'll let you go first this time. I always let Jacob go first. Oh, me, eh? Yeah, what did you watch this week? Uh, in theaters, I watched Creed. 
Yeah, no, which, are we going to review it? Yeah, yeah I'm wondering, are we going to review Creed next week? Well, it's either that or the uh, new Pixels, uh, Pixel, Pixar movie. Let's um, review Creed. The yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, let's do Okay, so we'll wait on Creed. Okay, but I saw it. Well, what'd you think? Well, oh. Just I'll say it, this. Just... I recommend it. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I watched TV wise, I watched all of Jessica Jones. I like down oh, yeah. that series. Have you watched any of it yet? Not yet. I know that. Brandon Did you hasn't. watch the Daredevil ones? No. Okay. I had no interest in Daredevil. It didn't get enough buzz for me to to even pique my interest. Really, like ah, I just didn't get into it. Uh, but Jessica Jones, I started seeing everywhere. Like everybody on social media was watching Jessica Jones. I was like, okay, I'll check this out. It's pretty dark. Yeah. So is Daredevil. Uh, and bloody. Yeah, it's pretty dark and bloody, but it's a really it's a pretty interesting story, and I really like the actress who was um, she was Jesse's girlfriend in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I like her too. She's kind of uh, sexy. She's perfect for this role. She was um, the one who overdosed. Uh, really? Was, Spoiler was, alert! Jessica Jones. Uh, yeah. Sorry, non Breaking Bad watchers, if well, you haven't I, watched. It that. Wait, Kristen Ritter is her. I'm thinking of somebody. It's else. one of the few times I was upset at Breaking Bad for a. Go ahead. Sorry. Go Spoiler ahead. Spoiler um, But she is perfect for this role. And I thought it was really interesting. I mean, like uh, the storyline, it's basically her, her villain is a mind controller. Um, mm-hmm. And she has the power of, well, she's like super strong. Right. She can also kind of fly. She can jump right. really high she's and like land well. She's like super strong within like somewhat reasonable limits. Like yes. She's not like a superwoman. No, she can be, she, she can, can be hurt easily. Car like to an extent, but only she so can, far, right? She can't really get hit by a car that's going to damage her, right. but she can like pick up a that's car. That's kind of what I heard. Um, so it's like within reason. Within so, reason. Yeah. Uh, Is she more interesting than Katniss Everdeen? Yes. Cool. Well, See, I wouldn't binge watch a, a Hunger Games series, I don't think, but I binge watched all of Jessica Jones through like three days. How was it in three days? I thought it was really good. Okay. Uh, I didn't really need time to ruminate on the story as I was watching it. It's not that deep of a story, but it's interesting enough. The characters are interesting enough. And I guess um, there is a character named Luke Cage that mm-hmm. is in this series. And yeah. I guess he is getting his own spinoff next season. Right. He's going to have his I own series as well. And yep. the actor that plays him, I like him a lot. There's going to be Luke Cage. There's going to be Iron Fist. We have Jessica Jones. We have Daredevil. And all of this happens in Hell's Kitchen. Yes. <laughs> They're going to be yes. some, uh, huh. I, supposedly Marvel's going to do some cool things with that. And what's also neat about these TV shows is that they throw in elements from the Marvel movies. So whether it's a right. newspaper clipping or they'll make mention of uh, when the city got blown up last year by aliens right. or little things right. like that. That was in Daredevil. Yeah. So, so I, it's, it's kind of nice little nods. And I wonder how they're going to, if they're going to tie all that into the Infinity Gauntlet series. I think that they are. We'll I think see. that's their intention. But yeah. um, I do recommend it. Especially, it, feel, it really feel like a um, more of a, oh, I can't even remember what they're called. Like a graphic novel more than a comic book movie. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. Because uh, it's so dark. Well, that's how Daredevil was too. And I mean, Daredevil got a lot of buzz too, so... I just didn't see. I guess a lot, of, not a lot of people that I that, follow. Yeah, were so maybe it's just it. one of those things because I like that series as well. And um, Daredevil is a pretty popular comic with a lot of comic book fans as well. Whereas well, yeah, I, whereas I, I've never I'm heard aware. Of Jessica yeah, Jones. I'm aware of Daredevil. Uh, well, it's probably because you're a girl and I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Could be. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Actually, if it even with the buzz, I don't know if I would have watched it if it weren't for her, for the actress. Really? Uh, just because I liked her from Breaking Bad so much. So, and she's good in this? She's really good in it. That's cool. How many episodes are there? She's also a drunk, 13. isn't she? Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. She's an alcoholic. They always made a big deal about that with Jessica Jones. She drinks a lot. Yeah. 
Well, so. she's trying to, uh, like many comic book heroes, she's got a lot of regrets from the yeah. ways her powers have been used and, and, and things like that. So cool. she tries to kind of drink it away. It's on my she's, watch list. I just she's an interesting character. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I thought it was really good. And there's 13 episodes, and I watched it in three days. Nice. So there's that. I think oh. that's. <laughs> I think that's all I've watched, though. But I just want to say Thanksgiving was yesterday, and I did watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles because that's what you're supposed to do. Nice. Nice. It's, well done. It's the best Thanksgiving movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. And maybe the one of the only Thanksgiving movies. There's not very many of there's them. A few, there's a handful, but that that's the best one. I'll that and Cinnable Woman. Uh, well, it is. That's it's debatable. Sort of. It's, wait, debatable that... That's that good. Cinema or, Woman's that good of a movie. Oh, <laughs> oh that, hey, we're doing most overrated movies. If you want to include it, make me mad. Nah. Because fire I, I back. Want, I've only seen it once, and I don't care enough to watch it again. Oh, <laughs> sick! You're sick. It's annoying. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. So, did y'all not watch Bone Tomahawk? Uh, no, not I yet. want you so badly. So, I want oh, to so badly. I was we really wanting to talk about hung it. Out since then, because uh, you texted. Because we were going to watch it one night. As a matter of fact, I had it queued up. About to play, and then we noticed it was like two hours and 15 minutes. And it was like three in the morning. Yeah, so I didn't have time to do it. Yeah. But I want to watch it really badly. Well, you know how we were talking about Silence of the Lambs last week, and now there are some elements in it that could see, that seemed real, and if that was the case, I, could, I, would, I might watch more horror films. And when I saw the trailer for Bone Tomahawk, it, it's not pitched as a horror film. It's obviously, it's this Western that really, I've never even heard it before. I was just going through my movies on my iTunes, and I I saw Kurt Russell on the cover of it, and I'm like, hey, Kurt Russell, you know, Tombstone, let's see what this is. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was a pretty cool trailer and violent towards the end. And and so when I started watching this movie, I realized it was kind of, it's it's a horror slash Western. It's basically four men, here's what's the description on it. It's four men set out in the Wild West to rescue a group of captives from cannibalistic cave dwellers. Yeah, sounds awesome. That's the description on it. And let me just say, I think it's really well done technically, which always helps, uh, I think, with movies of this nature or I just say a horror um and then oh my gosh there's one of the most nastiest graphic I'm sure y'all seen worse since you watched a lot more horror than I do mm-hmm. there's a nasty death in the end of it I mean just disgusting really yes Sweet. that's awesome that's um, <laughs> I'm in like you're you're saying so like the, it's a bad thing but like the part of it where it's like I can relate it to the the uh, silence of the lambs is that it seems like it actually happened that's awesome if there were cannibalistic natives out there who have kidnapped some people. It's disgusting. But the thing is that they don't overdo it on the horror. Like they might, you might see blood and stuff as you would like in an authentic movie where someone gets stabbed or punched or shot. You know, I don't have a problem with that at all. And so that happens in places. Someone's got a broken leg or hurt throughout it. Uh, Let's see. It's got a pretty good cast too. You got Patrick Wilson. He's great. I like him uh, Matthew Fox from Lost. Yeah. And And I hear he's really good in that. Like the reviews I read. He's an interesting little character. They said that it's probably his best performance he's had. From the since reviews I've read. I would yeah, say since, since Lost. Since Lost. Because he was in some other kind of crazy action movie that came out a couple of years ago where he was like the bad guy. And it was like, what is this? Yeah, it was where he um, was like all jacked up. Yes. Was and the, the biggest surprise to me was Richard Jenkins, who uh-huh. I only really know him from a couple of movies. Of he was in The Visitor. Where, he got a lot of buzz from that Visitor movie. Uh, see, I never saw that. I saw him. He was like kind of the funny role in The Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you definitely would recognize Richard Jenkins, but... Uh, he turned out because he kind of plays like this dumb character that you kind of end up like really liking mm-hmm. and love like a lovable character who's just you know who's real simple I'll say and uh, so you have these four men who are setting out to, to, to get these captives and I'll just say what transpires it's was fun to watch. I was I was clenching my fist. I was reacting to the movie. I was in, I was invested in it for a movie I've never heard of before. 
uh, that came out this year with a decent cast and a fun western. It was a fun watch. It was totally worth the money I spent on it. Hmm. That's awesome. I'm, um, I'm excited about it. Check I, it out. And I'll tell you what, y'all, it gets nasty that's in the awesome. last 20 minutes of it. That's cool. It drags a little bit, but I'm okay with that because it's building up to some stuff. Um, How is Kurt Russell? good. He was good. Man. That's all. I love Kurt Russell. He's awesome. Because I, I, I was the same way. I, I'd heard about this a few months ago because uh, I was reading some stuff and some, it was getting some buzz. Like on the indie uh, yeah. film circuit or whatever, so I was reading about. It. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Kurt Russell and a horror western! Yeah, this is awesome!" And then everything. <laughs> then I read the synopsis, where it's about uh, they these uh, cowboys basically go to help people who are getting captured by cannibal. Right. Uh, it sounded awesome. Right. So I'm pre- so I'm glad to know that you liked it so much. Because as much as you anyone, liked it, I'll probably listening? like it that much more because yeah. of the horror element. Well, for anyone listening, just know that it was completely random that I just fell on this and I texted these two after I watched it. It was like, have you all heard of this Bone Tomahawk movie? So total coincidence. And what, probably um, two nights before that we were about to watch yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, totally random. So check it out. Um, the next one I want to talk about is I finally got to watch Slow West. Have y'all seen that yet? Yeah. Now that I did see, Missy and I watched it. It's accurately named. It is so slow. Did you like oh, it? Oh, I loved it. Because it, I thought it, it was great. It also got a ton of, but like the reviews on it were insanely good. Yeah. And I was super hyped for this. Missy and I wanted to watch this for a while. We almost drove to Tulsa to watch it at the Indie Movie Theater. I wanted to watch it so much. And maybe because my expectations were so high. I was disappointed because it was so slow. Oh, I didn't think it was that slow at all. Really? No, I thought it was really cool. And one thing that helped me with it, too, is that it is so technically well done. Oh, yeah, it is. It so is. beautifully it is. shot. And when you think of a Western and Tom, Bone Tomahawk's like this, Tombstone's like this, Unforgiven, it's yellow, gray, yes. dirty, brown, all that stuff. And Slow West is beautiful. It is yeah, really it has, pretty. For some reason, it has a lot of, of wildflowers throughout it, so it helps with the color. But it's actually it's shot like at a really high contrast. And so you have like these really colorful backgrounds. And really, the char- the characters are kind of colorful in themselves. They might be wearing like Western gears, but they did a really good job of bringing out that. And so it doesn't look as cliche of a, as far as how Westerns generally look. Right. Um, I kind of liked – I really liked the storyline as well where you have like this kind of naive boy. He was, yeah. Who is, has this mission and, you know, it may not – I'm not going to say one way or the other, but isn't, I don't sure if it quite goes as he plans it to uh, yeah. in the end. I will say the end was my favorite part. Oh, and that shootout? It was in awesome. The end when they're in the field, it looked like kind of a whack-a-mole deal where like they're, the bad guys are popping out of the wheat field. Yes. Like it was a little bit too like on point as far as like – like a, almost like a musical, like a, or a, or a song, say you know, boom, 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 boom. But at the same time, it was a really cool look. It was a really well. Sh- it was so pretty. I like that. It, it was did, so cool. Did you I, notice I really the? Uh, did you well. notice the the tongue and cheek joke at the end during the like the most intense scene? <laughs> the salt, salt, the salt in the wound. Maybe no, I didn't. Ah, oh, dude, you got to rewatch the end, the shootout. Um, there's some. There's some. I can't describe it without giving away the biggest spoiler in the entire movie, though. Well, tell me, I'll tell me later. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you later. Uh, but I also thought Fassbender was really good in it. Of course, Fassbender's pretty much. Oh, uh, he's a great. Uh, actually, that was probably my biggest disappointment, though, because he was great. I yeah. always loved Fassbender, but I didn't feel like they did enough with his character. Like I wanted more because he. I knew he was a badass. And they kind of labeled him as a badass, but we didn't really get to see him do much badass stuff. Well, for anyone who doesn't know what Slow West is, it's basically, here's a description. A young Scottish man travels across America in pursuit of the woman he loves, attracting the attention of an outlaw who is willing to serve as a guide. Now, that outlaw is a former bounty hunter. He may still be a bounty hunter. And they're being followed by eight other bounty hunters who are trying to 
I'll just say, well, I don't think this is a spoiler. Track down that that same woman the yeah. boy is looking for yeah. and her father. So you have these bounty hunters tracking a single bounty hunter and the boy who are trying to track down a, yeah. a girl and his father. I think the story is great. And, like, I uh, like so the story. there are some colorful characters. Um, but you don't get the feeling that Fastbender is maybe as violent or as dangerous as you might in some other westerns. But I totally bought into it. I didn't have a problem that it, I don't. I don't think that they missed on um, getting more out of his character. I don't think it was that. I'm I mean, just saying from an entertainment that he standpoint. He was pretty vulnerable there at the end. No, I agree. I actually, I'm cool with his character as far as like I believed him and I believe Fastbender and all those things. I just wanted to see from a from an entertainment standpoint. I wanted to see him do some more kind of badass things. Whereas they kind of sat around and got drunk on um, absinthe and yeah, you know, yeah. had little hallucination scenes yeah. and a lot more dialogue. Right, yeah. That, I which, wanted to see there, some like – I'll say that's what surprised me because there was a lot of dialogue in this movie. And there so, was. And that, and that bored you. I, I think from my from the description, I was expecting more – Tombstone. Tombstone-ish, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, give me a few more action scenes. Like, I and I love dialogue and I love acting. Well, this is more on pace for me with Unforgiven. Did you like that movie? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. Now, do you think Unforgiven slightly overrated? In that yeah. it won Best Picture, I don't sure. think it was like Best Picture quality, right? Um, but I did enjoy Unforgiven. Here, here's my deal though. This is where maybe expectations and and results don't match because I was super hyped for this movie. Like I said, I almost drove to Tulsa to see it. So when I finally saw it, I was I was a little bit disappointed, but I still gave it like a seven, I think. So yeah. Um, the other one I watched was uh, Junoon Junun. I'm not sure, really sure how to say it. Uh, it is the documentary that Paul Thomas Anderson recently put out um, earlier this year, or actually just came out, but he he filmed it in February to basically put it. It's you have it's Johnny Greenwood the. Uh, one of the guitarists for Radiohead. Oh yeah, my brother. Uh, yeah. Combined he, with yes. an Israel musician, his name. Oh my gosh! Come on. Combined with an Israeli musician whose name is Shai Ben Zur, they go to India and they collaborate on this music together. When I was reading reviews on it after I watched it, you you had your typical like really well done you know reviews which I agreed with, and then you would have your trolls who are like oh you pta fanboys but mm-hmm. i had to call that out because look it's not the best documentary i've ever seen all it really simply is is a really long extended music video of like about 10 really cool indian songs and it's not just india because they they go to a, like an older town um or another state in india and they're using some pretty Gosh, I watched it a couple days ago, so I'm not as sharp as I was then. But um, some Hindu instruments, All right. and so they add those sounds that we familiar that we can recognize or we familiarize ourselves with India. But then you kind of add in these Johnny Greenwood elements of like, say, computerized digital sounds. And one cool thing that Paul Thomas Anderson does is that one. All of his camera equipment got caught up in customs, so he was forced to use a handheld video camera, and or and or this camera that's attached to like a little um, remote control helicopter that oh, can yeah. just fly up and down, yeah. and so he could kind of maybe sometimes capture some like you know shots of like the atmosphere. But he only had this handheld camera to work with, and he still was fi- found a way to tweak the lens and just really make it beautiful. Wow, that's um, awesome. While focusing primarily on the sound, what they would do is like say he'd sit in the middle of a circle of all the musicians and he would just kind of rotate the camera to each musician. And what they would do as far as sound editing goes, they would turn up the sound of that that instrument 
they would they wouldn't completely drown out all the other sounds, but you would hear it more specifically, and it's like okay, that's what that drum would sound like in this song. And then they go to the guitarist and they turn at his mic a little bit. That's what the guitarist does does for this song. And that's not in every song, but it's like the opening sequence. That's actually. Um, it gives you a great appreciation for music in itself, um, how all musical instruments are a part of a bigger work. So, like, say, a full orchestra, uh, how vocals. This is the part of music that I always love. Vocals are also a musical instrument. They, they can, they can set the tone as far as like what the what they're singing about. But if you use vocals as just an instrument, it, it's a really cool element. So they focus on all these throughout this. And also another big thing about orchestra or band is that all the waiting time, all the waiting period, uh, the redundancy, the uh, doing things over and over and over again, the pra- practicing to create the sound. It's they do a good job of all that in this documentary, and the music's really pretty. So. Uh, it's getting a lot of buzz right now in the, in, in the indie market. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows what will happen with it? But if you want, to, if you appreciate that kind of thing, you need to check it out. It's it's got good, great music and it's really well done. My brother is obsessed with Radiohead, like obsessed. Well, it's my with favorite Radiohead. band of all time too. Yeah, and so he's he watched it as well, and he told me to watch it. And of course, he's a big PTA fan too because of PTA's relationship with Johnny Greenwood. Uh, you know, he's done the soundtrack to like all those movies, Masters, Inherent Vice, and um, There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood, for which he won an Academy Award for that one. Right. Uh, so and and he's great, and uh, I do need to watch it just because. What uh, What's great is that they don't focus on. Johnny Johnny Greenwood. It's not all about Johnny Greenwood. It's it, it, he'll, oh, he's cool. in parts of it, but he's usually in the background, oh, that's or he's cool. just a part of the group. Because there's about 20 different musicians in this room, and it's so it, he may even have just a couple scenes where he's just responding to something, but it's never him being interviewed. Nothing like that. Right. And in fact, they talk to more of the the local group uh, than more than anything, uh, and you kind of wreck you you go to like them them. Them as characters more so that you could give a you could care less that Johnny Greenwood's in the room. Right, he just adds the element of the sound. Right, and that's you know there's a part that could be really uh, snobby or um, I think a lot of people associate Red, Radiohead with um, pretentious. pretentiousness. Yeah, um, but I know exactly what you're going to say because people <laughs> do associate them with that. Right, and and I, I could see that angle. Same thing as PTA, honestly. Right, yeah. Um, but they really did. I think they really did try to focus on the sound, the music. Yeah, and uh, for that was really good. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I told my brother. I promised him I would. So uh, Real quickly, I watched Mr. Holmes because I like you know Sherlock Holmes and the idea of like these murder mysteries. Uh, have you all seen it yet? I haven't. I wanted to see it, but I, I didn't end up seeing it. Well, and start, I like him. Yeah, it's starting Ian McKellen as like a 93-year-old Sherlock Holmes. Right. kind of going back and forth between these two timelines of him at the age of 93 and probably somewhere like around 70, 75 before he decides to retire. It's a good story. It's well acted by him. Laura Linney's also in it. Uh, there's not a, not a lot of other big-name actors. There's a little boy who's got a big role in it. Um, but uh, he's played by uh, Milo Parker. Uh, but really, it's just kind of... I saw it, and I'll probably forget about it in a year from now. It'll be one of those movies that I'll give a seven because I appreciate it. Right. Because it's well done, well acted, decent story. But then it's like, uh, you know, I probably will never see it again. So, um, But if you enjoy kind of like a that that time setting because it's set like, say, the mid-50s, mid-40s uh, in England. And there is some kind of a Sherlock Holmes. Like he notices every single detail element to it. I was it wondering how much of that stuff. stuff. Yeah. There is that – like he still has like that sharp eye and 
um, but he is kind of losing his memory as well. That's a That's big part cool. of the story. Yeah. Um, so it's more of a drama than it is definitely more of a Holmes drama than movie. it is like a some murder mystery. Oh, yeah. that's cool. It's that more dissecting, you know, Sherlock Holmes as a person, not as Sherlock Holmes as this amazing, uh, you know, uh, detective. Detective. That's cool. I didn't actually know that. I just assumed it was going to be basically him being a great detective no. at ninety years old. No, no, it's it's more about him losing him him, him getting old and losing it. I'm actually Plus, more interested. There's in a it lot now. more embellishments about Sherlock. I don't, you know, I don't think it's based on any kind of true story. I don't know anything about Sherlock Holmes as far as his history and how much of a fiction, fictional character he was to maybe a real character, mm-hmm. which is the way that's portrayed in this film. Because in the film, it's portrayed that he's an actual person and that uh, Watson wrote him as like, you know, with the, with that kind of cliche hat he had and always smoke on the pipe. Whereas he's like, dude, that was all embellishment. <laughs> uh, so you, you kind of see this human aspect, like this flawed character. And that part's really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good movie. I'll give, I, it, I'm, I'll give it a good review. It. But, uh, you know, if you watch, if you don't ever watch it again or don't ever, you're not missing too much. Okay. Yeah, just, I, I am curious to see him just as a human. That actually makes me want to watch it more. Yeah. The last thing I want to bring up, because I texted you both about it, is Pixels, because it came out this year. Um, for such a interesting concept, which could be so much fun, what a terrible effing movie. What well, here, I mean, I thought I thought maybe it wouldn't because even when I watch the trailer, it's like no, it's got seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It surely cannot be that bad because it's a fun concept. What a terrible effing movie! <laughs> okay, I agree Ugh. that it's a bad movie, but I enjoyed it. I honestly did. I enjoyed I, I nothing it about fun. it. I thought it was fun, like because of the concept, and I mean, to me, it was just fun to see like a huge Pac Man ravage downtown and to see a huge centipede. And I thought Tyrion from uh, he was funny. He was, he was really funny. funny. He, he was funny. so cocky and he was a little badass. He was a jerk. Yeah, uh, he's I thought, the character I I like at all. Yeah, I thought he was funny. Of course, Adam Sandler just phones in everything now. Like he doesn't even try. So I mean, his character sucked. I thought Kevin James's Kevin character James sucked. always sucks. Uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> terrible. Agreed. He does. Uh, but I thought I thought uh, Josh Gad is that his name? Am I saying that? Yeah. I thought he was okay. I thought he his was, character yeah, was fine. Yeah, I guess he was fine. He, he was, was fine. fine. Uh, and they're like, you know, they're they're running jokes. Uh, that little boy, Matt Lentz, terrible actor. He was. Yeah. <sighs> but hey, I I am huge into the '80s video games, and like Hubert, I thought Hubert was it. fun. Hubert was stupid. I just some <laughs> things like if you give me this kind of concept. I'm probably gonna like it. And I thought it was a fun movie, and I'm somebody who has like been outwardly like against all of Adam Sandler's movies since like has uh, anyone been Mr. pro Deans? Adam Sandler's since, movies? Well, people still well, go see Big them. Daddy was the last one of his I actually cared for. Yeah, yeah. I know? agree. The, I agree. Generally, like I won't even go see his movies anymore. I don't believe in yeah. even giving that guy. Movies. Oh, they're terrible. But like Grown Ups still makes it. Grown Ups too. They That's all make true. it. That is money. the most one of the most confusing. It's stupid, and I. I I don't understand how people enjoy those movies. I, people still no laugh sense. at the previews. I've I, seen previews I, for them yeah, in theaters, and people laugh at it. Am I, I that much it. of a jerk or snob? Because if that, you are, then all three of us are. Uh, then yeah, or, or maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Those are no, the dumbest. We just like movies. smart humor. I agree. I don't get it anyway. Um, anyway. I think I fell somewhere in between the two of you. It was definitely a terrible movie, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it like you enjoyed it. I like, thought I was it was like, a lot of fun. Eh, that was. I enjoyed it. 
Did you oh, not find okay. it weird that Keyword gives himself up to be like this hot blonde oh, that, that Josh Gad hooks up with, and then they have Kubert? That is, that is so bad. It's ridiculous, so but, but bad. listen to what you said. It's kind of funny. That's bullshit, dude. That is so bad. <laughs> I mean, you're watching a, a movie. You're watching a movie about huge no. Pac-Mans and, and centipedes. So, I mean, like, I forgive that. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's ridiculous. No. But I bought into it so far. Like I thought it was funny. I mean, uh, stupid, I just didn't think it would be that face. bad. I, I don't mind. I don't mind suspending disbelief. But I didn't think it would be that bad. And not to mention, it took forever to even have any of these characters on screen. There were three it times it, that they're on, and the first two, they're in there for about five or ten minutes, and then we go back to all this dialogue, corny dialogue, may I add, uh, between all these just terrible characters I care nothing about except for um, Peter, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, he was hilarious. He was legitimately yeah. really funny, and that's definitely probably the case. I'm an actor taking because it's not like they wrote oh, the character. He, did, that he much wasn't even better. in the movie until about 40 minutes into it. Yeah, yeah he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, hey, that so, little kid that they picked actually really did look like him, though. Yeah, the he kid did. at the beginning, they <laughs> did a really good job casting. Yeah, the younger little person. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ryan Cox, he was terrible too. Just a bad movie. <laughs> hey, and Sean and, Bean and, was and in actually it. his. His uh, motivations made zero sense because they're saving the world by defeating these these creatures, and then Brian Brian Cox is, is jealous as the you know Admiral <laughs> General that they're doing it their way with these with these nerds who play video games instead of military coming in. That is that makes no sense. Oh like, yeah, nobody's gonna movie. argue that with you. Yeah, nobody's gonna. I mean, it's. The I mean, whole like, thing. Like, the how, whole... Can we, how can we remember this 17% on Rotten Tomatoes up to at least a 37? Well, let's just disclude, you know, not include that. <laughs> I, I, it's so infuriating. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's all the movies. I could have watched a whole lot more this week. I actually held back because I know I'd talk too much about it on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, go through really quickly. I also saw Creed, but we're going to talk about that next week. But also, definite recommend. I'm going to kind of gush about it next week. I'll say that. Um, I watched the night before the movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie. I was hoping it was going to be um, kind of another this is the end. Um, it's not nearly as funny as that. It was very hit and miss. There were some scenes that were really, really funny, and there were a lot of scenes that just completely failed for me. I actually think the best part of the movie was Michael Shannon. Um, He's the best part of a lot of movies that is though. true you know he was in it so that means that is true yeah a cameo of some sort it, it's not really a cameo he's in it throughout the movie he plays a major yeah, part of the movie even though he's not in it a lot but when he's in it he steals every single scene he's almost a play on uh ghost of christmas past and and future um and actually i wish that was the best part of the movie and i wish they would have focused on that but it was a slight part of the movie but it was the best part of the movie um uh, but he was hilarious. Um, oh. He plays kind of a sinister role, but he's he's really really good. Here's a comparison for you. That movie made nine point eight million dollars opening weekend, and you know Mockingjay uh, did a hundred million, and they're probably equally yeah the like, same as like, far as ratings go. Yes, yeah, actually probably like Night Before slightly more, but they uh, it was it was hit or miss though. Uh, I saw the Secret in Their Eyes. Have either of you seen the original Foreign Secret in Their Eyes? Yep. It won uh, Best Foreign Film in like 2009, 10. Well, well, uh, there's two of them, you're right. Uh, this is the American remake that I saw because the American remake stars Julia Roberts and Nicole Kidman. 2009. And, uh, okay, 2009. And Chawalte Ejafor. Uh, the original I loved. Um, won Best Foreign Film that year. Completely deserved it. Um, loved that movie. So I was Apparently pretty, I've heard of it. I got it marked on here to watch. Yeah, 
Um, definitely, it's worth watching. That was a great movie. It I had was. no desire whatsoever to see the remake. I I'm, because I love the original so much. I want to see it, and it had a good cast. I mean, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, but I mean, they held it back it. from getting reviews. Yeah, and then once they did release once, reviews, it was very ho hum. Yeah, it, I think it's like forty five percent at Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's got a reviews. good cast. Yeah, wow. the, that's the thing. The original was so good, and the cast is really good. It's got Hank from Breaking Bad, and of course the big three that I mentioned. Uh, but really, really disappointing. Really disappointing. Um, the third act in the original was amazing, and the third act in this redeems the movie. But the first two thirds of this were really, I think, kind of sloppy. Uh, I think Julia Roberts was pretty good. Of course, Joette Ojafor and Nicole Kidman. The cast was good, and the storyline is still great. But they changed too many things and focused on the wrong things in this. Whereas the original, they focus so much on the mystery and the murder and solving it and those type of things. This one, they focus a little bit too much on drama and love and the effects of how the murder affected people. Anyways, disappointed in the American remake, but take this opportunity to go watch the original foreign film because it's fantastic. I watched a movie called Hidden. I know Rachel did too because she was there. I uh, watched it with my brother. Um, Actually good. It was really good. Really good. It's um, is this a recent movie? Yeah, it's 2015. Um, I got it on Amazon. It stars Alexander Skarsgård, of course, from True Blood, the sexy Eric Vampire, and uh, uh, that's his official name. <laughs> and uh, Andrea Riseboro, uh, who's been in a bunch of things, Oblivion, and a few other things. Anyways, um, a family takes refuge in a fallout shelter to avoid a dangerous outbreak. So it's one of those kind of like. Um, some sort of apocalypse has happened. They don't let you know what kind. You kind of learn throughout the movie. Um, so th- it all takes place in this shelter, and they say that they're being followed and hunted by breathers. It's a good movie throughout, but the end and the twist is really, really well done. Yeah, and completely unexpected. There's like only six people in the cast. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, it's mostly it's the three. It's a post-apocalyptic okay. movie, so there's not a whole lot of people around really uh, i mean 75 it focuses on the three of them yeah and the i would family. say 80 percent of the movie takes place in the shelter just yeah. the three of them yeah. the the father mother and daughter yeah. uh but it's a it's a really good movie it, uh, i mean like getting... for it to say it's a really good me like okay, it's good that's... for what it is yes let's let's clarify yes, yes, it's yes, kind yes. of a low budget horror indie movie and it's really good for that yeah i agree i, I overall i give it like a 7.5 7 7.5 somewhere yeah. in there Definitely worth a watch for being completely under the radar and to just kind of find this movie. Right. I felt like it was a gem. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, I watched the first episode of The Affair season two and I know that... Say nothing. But it's really good. Okay. That's uh, all I need to know. It picks up where it left off and... What is The Affair? I don't know anything about it. The Affair, it's a new showtime. It's see, They're in the middle of season two right now. Uh, the first season, it's on Showtime. It stars McNulty from The Wire. Yeah, Dominic West, yeah. Uh, and Ruth Wilson from Luther. Um, she's in it. Um, and also... Here's the description. Uh, Maura Tierney and Joshua Jackson. Yeah, basically it's about an affair, and it's told from the perspective of both the man and the woman. The same story. You see the same story told from two different viewpoints. Uh-huh. Are they still sticking to that same format that they did? Yes, okay. but do you want to know the slight difference? It's not going to change. Yeah, you can go. You want to know how it ends? 
<laughs> whereas the first season, you saw it through McNulty's eyes. You've seen it through their spouses. You see it, the first episode at least, you see it through McNulty and his spouse. Uh, okay. Which is cool. And it I is. assume, I'm not sure, but I assume like maybe the next episode is going to be Ruth Wilson and her spouse. Gotcha. And then maybe they'll switch it up and it'll be right. McNulty and Ruth Wilson. Well, it's just really interesting because even in life, you go, you have a conversation with somebody, you remember it one way, they may remember it a completely different way. And it's not, it's not because it, it's just how you interpret things in your own mind. So watching how affairs happen and, and, and how their feelings play into it where one might have felt really guilty about it. So in their mind, they were resisting things when in the other person's mind, they were the one coming on to them. Right. Like it's a completely different perspective of the exact same story. So it's really interesting to watch just, just because of the way that it's done, but it is a really good show. Oh, it's so good. It got, it won the golden Globe for best drama last year and the critics are first season. That's pretty good. Yeah. And the critics are just going gaga over it for good reason. I mean, it's, it's a great, great show. Um, and to to piggyback what she was saying, what's cool is they don't really villainize these characters, no. but they don't romanticize it either. Right. It's just very matter of fact. This is how it is. And it's not like one is telling the truth and one is lying. It's they kind of up to you to determine what makes the most sense because right. you're seeing it skewed from each one of their perspectives. But that's how so. they really felt it happened. Right. Right. And you're left to interpret like what's okay, well, the most likely like, thing yeah. that probably and it usually happened. kind of falls maybe in the middle or like this scenario i kind of believe him more this scenario right. i kind of believe her more but then it kind of revolves around and the it, the backdrop is there's some sort of murder that happened and so they're each being questioned about the relationship because the relationship happened while this murder happened it's such a good show it is a really good show now now uh, if i don't have showtime is this on amazon nope. is this on if Netflix you don't have yet. Showtime, I'll give you my code. Don't so worry, it. it won't work because okay. I can't watch it. Oh, okay, so uh, at some point I'll get. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll find it. it. Yeah, but watch the affair. Also has someone from the Mighty Ducks in it, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, one other quick comment: I watched People, Places, Things. It's on Netflix now. It's a Jermaine Clement movie from oh, Five of Concords. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a little weird to see Jamit like he has to get angry at some point. Weird. And it's like watching Nick Carlson get angry or like watching your friends fight with their spouses, like but like a serious fight where you're like, Ooh, Oh, this is this feels awkward and when I you don't say like Jermaine this. Clement, I was like, Who are you talking about? But from um, Fly the Concords. Fly the Concords. Yeah. So Weird. Uh, watching him get mad it just just it feels so awkward because he's yeah. such a happy person yeah. and he's usually so even kill and maybe even a little bit dry at, at times so yeah. seeing him get mad felt really awkward um <laughs> but it's basically his, his wife cheats on him and leaves him and he's it's kind of how he juggles things after that and dealing with uh his relationship with his two daughters and things like that it's it's interesting to see jermaine in that role it's not like a f- super fantastic movie or anything i give it a 7.5 it's probably closer to a seven but i really like jermaine so Y'all in your point fives. I'm gonna have to, we're going to really dissect this. It's right in the middle. It's not good enough to be an eight, but it's slightly better than a seven. That it's would be seven. a seven to me. <laughs> no, it's better than seven. If it's not good enough to be an eight, it should be a seven. Wrong. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, if you like if you like Jermaine, I think you should definitely watch it. You actually get to see him do a different type of acting than you've seen because he's done villain in Men in Black 3 and... We used to him as Jermaine, and then if you've seen what we do in the shadows, it's just a completely different character for him. And I thought it was really interesting to watch, and I thought he did a pretty good job. He was still kind of Jermaine and kind of dry and socially awkward a little bit. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like Brandon and I 
met them briefly, but we watched them meet a lot of people before we actually got up to them in a line of people and kind of how he interacted with them. He's a little bit socially awkward. He's not he real is. comfortable with fame and he's still, you can get a sense of that in this movie that he, it's just, he's a little bit socially awkward, but really likable. Interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm going to watch it. Probably just so mad thanks. that Brett McKenzie was in the Lord of the Rings movies and he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he has an Oscar. As also a very awkward character. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. it. Well, that is Pulp Fiction. Uh, be sure to listen to our top five list this week because we reviewed The Hunger Games, Mockingjay this week. We're reviewing our top five most overrated movies of all time. Dramatic pause because I'm going to list the movie in this that Jacob is going to get very upset at me for. And we've talked about this behind the scenes for many months and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes down. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fliction.